Welcome to the show beyond the show, the off the record conversation between me, Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist and supplement strategist and Mark DeSico of RTD Fitness. But I would hope that they would know who we are since they're paying the money. If you're right? paying money for this, you better know who we are at this point. I mean, <laughs> and if, if you are paying money, I just want to say how much we appreciate that yes. very, very much. We need like, it. Yeah, we, we need the, it's more, not about the dollars no. uh, to pay the bills. It's more about the adoration to know that people actually like us. We have very uh, bad ego problems. Fragile, fragile egos. And we need to know that you're paying for this premium product because <laughs> it's the best out there. <laughs> We're going to talk today. This is the second half of the conversation about the book of Mark. This is the Ooh, uh, volume two volume two uh, edition. This is the juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, you know, off the record, I feel like we really need to start talking about our music taste. Sure. I think that that would fit here. So let's do a vibe check. What did you listen to on the way in today? Yeah, uh, definitely. So I've been on a real thick Big pun kick of late. So the capital <laughs> How punishment. Fitting. Album, the capital punishment album has been um, yeah. non nonstop uh, on my on my playlist. So then I get then I get uh, so I have a, I have a YouTube uh, premium account. Uh, some people use Spotify or whatever. I don't know what you people YouTube use. YouTube premium, but Are I'm you, a YouTube is that premium a guy. Flex? It's a well. I mean, I just I spend the money, right? So I'm Got not it. afraid to spend the money. So clearly, so uh, I I just make it rain with with the YouTube. So so then I get the I get the algorithm, and then it starts giving me like the locks. Mm. It starts giving me all my rap yeah. that I want to hear, and so. That's excellent. The other thing I will say, shout out Griselda, Benny the Butcher. I love me some Tana Talk 4. It's one of the best albums of the year. So if wow. you haven't listened to Tana Talk 4, Benny the Butcher, he's Buffalo's finest, the one of the best rappers out there Is this a right wrestler now. again? No, he's a rapper. Oh, he's a rapper. Um, but there's a, there's a whole skit. So he's like an underground guy? There's a skit guy? that he does with the Mad Rapper where the Mad Rapper comes into the skit and really? says, Benny the Butcher, what is that, some kind of WWE guy? It's amazing. So I'm, doing, I'm not doing it the right service. But um, so Benny the Butcher, Griselda, West Side Gun, oh, oh, the, that whole Griselda crew. Shout out Griselda. So I'm it's a, really interesting because two middle-aged white guys talking yeah, about hip hop. I love I rap. went to Six Flags yesterday mm-hmm. and I had my Wu-Tang t-shirt on. Have to. And, you know, somebody in line was like, Oh, you like Wu Tang? And I'm like, uh, oh, you're the music police now. Yeah, like, what are you, what are you, char- like, what are you here to charge me or something? So I said, do you like Wu Tang? I, yeah. I hope so. And you know, uh, who doesn't just, like Wu Tang? You you can't not. They cha- uh, changed the face of music. Period. Yeah, but even even if that weren't true, which it is, mm-hmm. who listens to Wu Tang and doesn't get excited? It, you, uh, my kids' friends. Oh, that's so sad. it's horrible, Mark. I was oh, we were at a barbecue sad. and like they were listening to the young Uzi. Whatever they're drinking cough medicine and they don't have symptoms. So it's very irresponsible. That's a weird thing to do. And, and I said, stop. I like slapped the phone out of his hand, made him pick it up. Mm. And then I said, listen to this. And I put on 36 chambers and I just kind of popped a couple. He's like, Oh, this is old school. And I, it blew my mind. Mm. My parents were listening to like Led Zeppelin, which again, amazing music. Nobody's mad at that. Nobody's mad at that. But then we were listening to either like, you know, uh, I don't know, like uh, I, Rage Neil Against and, the Machine and, and, and Wu-Tang. spent a lot of time at his house. It, like Neil and I go back and we haven't really done a lot of like me and Neil history on yeah. this. So off the record's a good spot for it. But yeah. me and Neil would hang in our teens and, and we're in the mid 90s at this point. So rap 
hip hop was at its peak in yeah. the mid nineties. And so Neil and I knew every rap album that was out yeah. and we would sit it was like 15 of them, and we would sit and we would rap like nonstop, like, like how high we would go back and forth, Method yes. Man and Red Man yeah. nonstop on that. And yeah. so that is, you know, part of our shared history here is Could, like rap is a huge part of it. And we would DJ stuff in Saugerties yeah. and, and we would play all the best rap stuff because we were plugged into that world. How, and like these kids, they're like, Kids you, these days. You, Get like, off my you like Wu Tang. That's dumb. And I'm like, what You're a dumb. sentence. You're dumb. I'm a, an adult trying to say, please listen to Wu Tang. My parents are like, what the? Because it was new. It, yeah. well, rap was something that was new and it was like, you know, tied to like a criminal element, the sure. gangster rap stuff. So it was like this whole other thing. And meanwhile, I'm telling these 12 year olds, like, you got It's just crazy to me. It blows my mind. Out. Right. But then the other side of the vibe check should be. So me right now, mm -hmm. uh, Sam Smith promises. I've been, mm. yeah, I, I have horrible taste in music. Is really what it well, comes down to. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. I so my my music taste and people know this about me vacillates between gangster rap from the nineties. There's that word again. And goes between that and Pat Benatar. Pat, yeah, eighties eighties soft rock baby. <laughs> like my soft rock game. Like I'll listen to Amy Grant. Like I like I'm mm -hmm. not playing around. Richard Marks. Like I'm not fooling around when it comes to soft rock. And so yeah, between, monster ballads. Like like hard core like the softer the better i actually made a cd set sandy uh, stone shout out sandy my ex-girlfriend um another ex-girlfriend of mine which is going to get me in a lot of trouble like Tell me about sandy's that. my lesbian ex-girlfriend which is a whole <laughs> that's a whole other um yeah. story um mm -hmm. but um you know so so sandy uh i she has uh you know i gave her all these uh mixtapes when you know in the early 2000s they were called softer the better there was a whole volume set of <laughs> all 80s soft rock hits and so it was softer the better and then there was uh so so soft it's hard and then there was a there was a mixtape, um, and that's oh my god. Well, that one was different. That one was a different. It had different flavors. There more going on. We're off the record, folks. So this is the stuff you're going to get when you get the premium service. This is what you're paying for. I'm deleting that whole. You're thing paying out. for the. You're paying for this. So this is what we're doing. So this is what's happening. Just here. for the record, because yeah. it's going to be just blank air when that last one goes Listen, up. The other thing you need to know is I got back from the Syracuse uh, State Fair. And we went to the state fair because this was the summer of no scrubs. So I had my daughter and my two nieces in the car and the algorithm hit on the YouTube premium and TLC hit with no scrubs. These preteens were like, what did I just hear? Boys are the worst. So this song is incredible. Really? And I was like, this is a didactic tale. This is an yeah. educational tune about avoiding guys hanging out the passenger side of their best friend's ride, trying right. to holler at you. Mm -hmm. These are not men that you want to be around. Stay away from these guys. And I was yeah. using it as, as a chance and opportunity to teach them. Lo and behold, TLC, at this point, T-Boz and Chili, because we know, rest in peace, Lisa Leslie Lopez. She's not with us anymore. Big up. She wasn't there, obviously, because she's dead. But the other two who are alive were there with their dancers at the State Fair Friday wow. night. So we went to the State Fair just to see TLC because we had had this No Scrubs revelation earlier in the summer. So I have a video of my daughter dancing in the dark to No Scrubs. Her first concert is TLC. <laughs> there was not a hologram. People thought there might be a hologram of Lisa. Oh. There was no Left Eye Lopez hologram, but they did play all her parts and people put their, their phones Cell up phones in the up. air yeah. and, and waved them in the air like they just didn't care. Um, I don't know if you understand what's going on now in the state of New York, but the the marijuana smoking that's allowed to happen here in this state. It's um, wild, isn't it? It is especially at the fair. So we're standing in this crowd. I've got New my York kid city. and it's like it is just a fog yeah. of of weed. And I'm like, my so kid Lila's is like blazed. So she's blazed out of her mind. Mm -hmm. We're all just sitting there like this is probably not okay that everyone's smoking weed around us, but we I have my kid there, it's like, what are you gonna do? So it was fine. Yeah. The, so the but the concert, they yeah. were incredible. T Boz. 
Um, and Ch- Chili is in incredible shape, has not missed a step, and yeah. the dancers were all over it. And so TLC's on stage going, you didn't listen to us. Like, we told you about these scrubs, and you're out here dating all these guys. That's funny. This was an educational tune. And I go, girls, this is what I told you. Yeah. This is an educational tune. Chili has just confirmed that for us. And so she also noted that any men that were in the audience were officially not scrubs. So the oh, the, wow. the people who are most qualified to determine whether someone is or isn't a scrub told me Personally. specifically right. that I am not a scrub. So I am a certified non-scrub. I didn't think I was. Just right. to be clear, I've never thought of myself as a scrub. That was like from up on high. But now I, yeah, I mean, it's like a blessing from the Pope. Right. When you get told a- you're not a scrub from TLC, that feels important. Right. And so There's they said, no- if, listen, if you came to this concert, you're not a scrub. I was like, well. I'm not a scrub. And so, you know, scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly. He's also known as a buster. That's not me. I'm not a buster. No, not a chance. So, so that's our vibe check. That's our vibe check here early on. Uh, Just a little TLC reference. I got to say that other guy's movie where all he's doing is referring to the TLC songs. It's incredible. How beautiful is that? It's an incredible thing. It's just so good. It really is awesome. All right. So So what about your friends? I don't know. I just don't understand what are we doing with this podcast, right? Like we're just totally off the rails. And that's off the record. It's off the rails. Yeah. That's that's what we should call it. Off the rails podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm happy that we got that out of our system. It's important. Uh, What music we're listening to. Let's. Let's get back to the conversation around you uh, losing lots of weight. Sure. And so there are some, you know, I don't know what Mark's going to say. Well, there's a bunch of tidbits here. So I saved saved them for the off the record because it's, it's a little bit of me ranting and being a lunatic. And so I've really tried to stress that I'm not a miserable guy. Like I think I watched the first few episodes of the podcast. I was like, I look angry and like mad at people. I'm not like, I'm, I'm a very happy go lucky dude. If you know me, that's the truth. But that doesn't come across if I don't try to, you know, show that here on the podcast. So I'm hoping that you're seeing that, especially on the off the record. We're just a ton of fun. So that being said. Um, these are some juicier tidbits that came from the from the process that I was involved in. So one of the things that happened was, and I talked about it on the on the podcast, the Book of Mark that we did. You can go back and watch that. Please subscribe, do all the things. Um, <laughs> what I said was that I went and met with the doctor. I had lost 30 pounds. I had to lose 42, but I had lost 30. The doctor cleared me for surgery. He says, you're ready to go. I'm going to take the chance on you. I said, well, you better because I'm going to be successful. I, I plan on doing this, whether you help me or not, but please help me. And he did. So he said, he said, yep, you're going to have the surgery. We're going to send you to the nurse who's going to schedule the surgery. So I leave his office riding a cloud. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm 390 right now. I'm feeling good. I'd lost 30 pounds. I'm feeling great. Uh, uh, now my prospects are in line. This is going to be awesome. So I go, I meet with the nurse. Now I had a couple run-ins with this nurse already because she was a little bit like dismissive and kind of a jerk, but she's This not, isn't the night. You said there was a nice nurse. There was a was, super nice nurse yeah. and this is not her. Not so her. this okay. is a different nurse. Two different nurses. She does scheduling this one. So that's all she does. And she schedules people for the surgery. So I go in, I meet with her. She looks at my chart. She looks at the weight that I had when I came in. She says, oh, you're down 30 pounds. I'm like, heck yeah, I am. I'm like, I'm killing it, down 30 pounds. She's like, well, that's not really the 10% you need to lose. So we're not going to schedule you. So even though the doctor told you that you're good, this person- whose job it is- Who's going to do the who's surgery? The, the doctor. Whose job is like it's doctor, like Dr. Neil Smaller, right? This guy's a doc, a real doctor. Yeah. And so a surgeon has cleared me for the surgery. I go in to the nurse whose job it is to schedule me for the surgery. And she says, oh, you didn't qualify for the surgery. And so I said, well, that's not what the doctor just got done telling me. Yeah. He told me that I'm going to be able to do the surgery. She's like, oh, well, 
I guess not. Well, guess we'll have you come back in a couple weeks and oh weigh, weigh yourself again and see if you're down the weight. And I was like. So you had this weight what? lifted off your chest what? and then it gets thrown back on basically. Immediately. Did you literally think like this wasn't going to happen then? So, so this was very different than the first time. So yeah. the first time when I heard that I had to lose the, the 10% and I had only lost five pounds and I needed mm-hmm. to lose another like 37 pounds. Yeah. I cried. I went home. It was bad. Yeah. But it kicked off the like me doing the yoga stuff, right? As we talked about. I downloaded the app. I got to work. This time, I, I, I wanted to be like, like I was mad, right? Mm-hmm. I was really mad. But I took it as like, all right, I'm doing this yoga. You need me to lose another 10 pounds to prove to you I've already lost 30. You need me to lose another 10? And that's where I took it. My mindset was different. Like I was in a different frame. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm about to lose this 10. And mm-hmm. I'm going to cut that 10 on top of your because that's how I felt. <laughs> wow. It's deep. It's yeah. like it's really it's, bad. Okay. It's hardcore. This is not something where you feel really supported in this process. Like this is a very lonely process. And I want to like be clear about that. Like mm-hmm. I'm going through this. I'm in it. It sucked. Okay. The whole thing. Right. Because the way that you were selling it before, it felt like this was like a team effort and everybody was happy. Everybody was trying to help me, but it when you're in it. And mm-hmm. so let's just be clear about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to hear at any point that it's not going to happen or that things are going to get in the way is really hard to hear. And so I took that though as fuel and, and you can see the mindset difference now. I'm like, I will lose those 10 pounds. I'm going to come back here. I'm going to weigh, I'm going to take all my clothes off and weigh myself. If that's mm-hmm. what it takes, I'm going to lose. Like I would wear the thinnest clothes when I go for my weigh yeah. You know, like I had all these little tricks, uh, you know, take my shoes off, take my everything mm-hmm. out of my pocket, you know, like, like you do when you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I can lose the 10. I, if, if, uh, she'll have me come back in a couple of weeks. We'll lose the 10. So I, so I'm pissed. I'm pissed, but I'm using it as fuel. So I go home. I tell my wife, like the doctor cleared me, but then the nurse didn't. I'm mad. And I'm like, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay focused. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. So then I'm, but I'm still like, oh, come on, man. can I catch a freaking break here? You know? And so, cause I was like, I, you know, cause when I lost the 30, I was like, maybe this won't happen. You know what I mean? I hadn't yeah. lost a 10%. So I was like, they could have told me no, because they were very clear. We're not going to do the surgery unless you lose a 10%. Yeah. So. I go to bed that night. I go back to work the next day. Nine. So you literally think this isn't going to happen anymore. I think it's not going to happen. I think I got to go back and weigh myself wow. again. But but I was I was confident that in the next couple of weeks you would have got it done. I would have gotten it done, and and it would have happened. But it was a it was a huge blow. To, and I was, wow. I was I was I was. This definitely sick. is off the record because the story seemed like you got the news and you were and it the doctor's like, go get him, champ. And, right. and yeah. that's not how it went. Wow. I, I put a pin in it when we did that because I said there's more to the story. So wow. here we are off the record. So what happened is 9.05 the next morning, I get a phone call from Ellis from the bariatric center and it's the nurse, mm-hmm. tail between her legs. Mm-hmm. I talked to the doctor. He yeah. really wants to get you on the schedule. Yeah. And I was like, thank God. <sighs> yeah. You know, what a relief. And so the victory that I felt at that moment. But again, I was, I was still, even that morning when I received the phone call, like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going, I'm going to like, I will definitively do this. But to hear those words from her who had been like my nemesis at this point, that we're getting you on the schedule. It's real. You know, I think this came up when we were talking about the doctor part of this whole thing. How conventional medicine has to be a part of a true holistic care plan. You cannot live a true holistic life. You cannot live your healthiest and longest life without conventional medicine. It has to be a part of the conversation. That doesn't mean that it's not a stinking nightmare, right? Or or hard to navigate or and 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 I have a lot of stories about how I've been treated as a fat person at Mm -hmm. a doctor's office. And I can tell you people think that I'm 
soft-willed. Mm-hmm. I'm dumb. Yeah, I mean, you I, are dumb. But. Well, yeah, but but like I'm... Dumber way, than you look. Way dumber yeah. than I look. Mm-hmm. But these, the, the treatment of obese people in our society is this idea that I don't have the willpower... And I don't have the knowledge of nutrition and I'm just lazy and you're choosing and, I, and I'm choosing to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And so, and so for someone who's working their mm-hmm. to be treated like, well, maybe if you did things differently, did, have you thought about not having bread? Mm-hmm. That's the way that it treats. So like when I go to my primary doctor and I'm talking to her about the weight loss surgery, she was very negative about the weight loss surgery. She's like, I've never seen anybody be successful with it. Yeah. And people use it as a tool if, if, uh, because they think they're going to lose weight, but really what they end up doing is still eating the same. So if you don't wow. change your eating, it's not going to matter. And I'm like, I got to change my eating. That's the whole idea of this. Like, I know if I do this, I have to change the eating. Of course that's true. But the treatment of like, nah, she was very dismissive, very mm. dismissive. And I called her out on that when I went back for my my victory lap um, because that's dangerous. Of course. Your opinion as a medical person about whether or not I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and signing a letter saying that I can because I need a letter from my primary to get this done. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff pre-op that I didn't go into that has to happen. I had a cardiology appointment. I had a, a psychology appointment that I talked about. I had a lung appointment. I had, um, uh, and then my regular doctor, right? So, and I have to have blood work done, all these things to make sure that I'm, I'm a good candidate. So my doctor could have stopped, my primary could have stopped this from happening. She could have signed off and said, no, he's not got the, the right mindset for this and he's not going to be successful. So I'm not signing off on it. I had to go to her and ask her to help me. And again, I've talked about this. If I don't ask for help, I don't get it. Every time I've asked for help, I've gotten it, but it hasn't always been easy. And mm-hmm. so when I asked her for help, she gave me a, a, you know, a lecture. And I can tell you how, how low it feels to be lectured to by a skinny person about nutrition yeah. and willpower and stages of change. Mm-hmm. To have a middle-aged skinny woman talk to me about how I am fat and what I can do to not be fat when she can, you know, talk about like portion sizes and not drinking. And it's like, neither of those are the issue here. So you're just making assumptions about how I live and how I eat and how I'm designed. And you're assuming that because that's what you see fat people as. And so the societal problem here is huge. And the, 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 the assumptions that are made about people who are large is insane. And so I'm here to break that up because mm-hmm. is the message I have. Because that completely undoes any work I'm trying to do and it and it and it minimizes the effort that I'm making because I was making efforts. There was never a day that I wasn't aware of how fat I was. Mm-hmm. There was never a day where I didn't try my very best. And every person I meet is trying their very best every day. Mm-hmm. So to assume that I'm not or that I'm just not don't have the willpower or the ability to do this because of something fundamental about me is. Yeah. And so uh, this is not a fun episode. No, I think it but, is. It's like, let me interrupt yeah. you because uh, there's actually something thematic in here. Yeah. So, uh, captain COVID, mm-hmm. right. And yeah. one of the things that I was well regarded for was trying to speak up for people that were, uh, that had obstacles to, to access issues. Right. Marginalized and folks. so the marginalized folks were a big part of it. There was technology, there was, transportation and then there was the marginalization that happens in society with folks of color right yeah. and so the number one selling point that i had when i would have 
con- you know, real conversations with people was, um, how do you think black folk do in American healthcare? Right. <laughs> and Honestly. and when and they know it, we all know it. Yeah. And and the healthcare system fails at a number of of, of points. Yep. Doesn't and again, it doesn't mean that the opposite that the wellness system succeeds. It just means that the healthcare system fails. And so it's really interesting you say that. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. What should somebody say? Great. That's a that's fantastic. And so you and I have had this conversation, right? Because mm-hmm. you were like, so if I had just come to you and been like, hey, Mark, you're really fat, mm-hmm. would that have helped you to not be fat? And the mm-hmm. answer is no. Like, I am acutely aware of how fat I am. I'm acutely <laughs> aware of the problems that are here. But I, I just, need you I to just help. want to say yeah. for the record that I would have never approached it like that. <laughs> but, uh, but you, but we know each other. Like, we're friends. I would have been so, like, you're fat. But like, I would, what I would have said You would have done was, it in a jokey way. Do you need help? Well, right. Is what and I so, would have said. And, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And, and and people tried that. Because like, that's the, what I said to Mike Spears. So don't yes. even start with me. No, no. And, and, and <laughs> you're, 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 you're the fat whisperer, Neil. You're fucking awesome. You're the the best fat guy helper that ever lived. Fuck you, Neil. So, honestly, though for for me what would have been helpful was what's asking me questions what's different this time Mm -hmm. you know what's gonna what's gonna help you be successful do you think yeah like asking me to do the work not telling me that i'm gonna fail not not giving me examples of other people who didn't do it not talking about how you've cut back on your wine at dinner and you eat less cheese so using your anecdotes from your own life to talk about how fat i am Mm -hmm. and how i can make changes when i can see in front of me that you're this skinny person you have no credibility mm-hmm. whatsoever. You, Neil, have no credibility. Mm-hmm. Doc, skinny lady doctor, has no credibility for me whatsoever because you don't know my life. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it feels like. You don't know what it's like to be me. So I needed to see people be successful at my size. That's what helped me. Mm-hmm. What I needed was people to say, you can do this, and I, and I believe in you. I know you can. And so I'm going to give you what you need to be successful here. And so whatever, yeah. that, whatever, so whatever the, you're saying, so you the need, message, I'm help you. The, so basically the message is, is like, meet you know, me, do you, support me, what do you join need, me. What do you need to help? What do you need? What can what, I help? What do you need? Do you, do you need anything? It's really funny because you were talking about how one of the doctors was talking about the stages of change. Yep. And so it was at the same doctor that was like, you're not ready for this kind of thing? Yes. Oh my and God. So, so then like, she doesn't even recognize that you're in the stage of change where you're ready to act. Exactly. And so I'm, really co- I'm coming to you. And she's like, well, because I'm in a stages of change. I'm like, yeah. I'm in the change. I'm doing the yeah, change. In I'm that. in the change. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is what's happening. And yeah. so it's, and there was this real negativity around the magic bullet of having the surgery. So she was making assumptions about me that I'm coming here just because I'm out of options, which I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not right. that far off. Mm-hmm. But, but that I was going to use this as an excuse or as a crutch and not actually make the changes necessary. And so yeah. there were a lot of assumptions made about me and how I was going to be in this process. When I went back to her on my post-op visits way after when I'd lost over, you know, well over a hundred and plus pounds, I sat with her and I said, listen, I need you to change the way you talk to people about the surgery because your impression of the surgery was it's not successful for people. And you said that to me, I'm standing in front of you right now, living proof that this can be successful. So please think about how you talk about this to people because if I had taken what you had said at face value and not done the surgery, I don't know that I'd be here right now having this conversation with you. So words are important. How people talk about this stuff, especially a trusted medical person, very important. And so I... It's it's interesting because it brings up something that happens, like it happened six times today during my consults where I had people that were in front of me that have a problem. Yeah. 
and I know what the answer is. I know I know a pathway to yep. get that way, but I know that they're not there. Yeah. And so the way that I've always approached it is I, I said, listen, what I can help you with is this. And I'm happy to talk about this, this, and this, right? Yep. And so the way that I see it sitting here, this is the pathway. This is the priority. This is how you would do it. When you're ready, come see me and I'll help you with this, this stuff. Yep. And that probably, I, I would hope that that's the way that people would want to hear it. You yeah. know, because there's a disappointment I see in people's – it's really – it's a double-edged sword, you know, being the person giving the advice. Clearly, the bedside manner, at least as it was perceived, um, was not good. And, like, yeah. you probably shouldn't be going to that doctor anymore because clearly, like, you guys don't, don't, don't well, buy Well, and what's, what was nice, though, was she could hear it from me when I went back to her. And yeah. so, uh, you know, she's a nurse practitioner, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she, that's a doctor. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a doctor yeah. for me. She's and a so, prescriber, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so – and so, you know, she was able to hear my feedback and mm-hmm. she was able to say, like, I really did have negative impressions of the uh, and I thought of it as a, you know, uh, uh, sort of like, you know, magic bullet type thing for folks who feel like they're out of options. And so I don't recommend it to folks, you know, if they're not ready. And so and I said like that, that has implications like you don't know, like you can't make that call like you don't yeah. like you don't know who's going to be or not be successful. And I knew it was a major decision. Of course, I knew that. So so it's it's. It's hard. And and I get the position she was in. Like she sees people come through and she doesn't want me to not be successful. Right. So like she's coming from a place where like if that was what I was doing. Right. If I was coming to just have this magic cure and then I don't change my behavior, I wouldn't have been successful. So she's not wrong that that would have been the case. But it's an assumption about me. Right. right. And so she didn't ask the right questions. No. Right. And she was talking. And that's it's exactly. another good lesson for the practitioners that listen exactly. to this podcast is that you should be asking stuff, not talk, talking. And, and like she could have said, like, what do you think's different? Like if she had said to me, what do you think's different this time? Mm-hmm. I would I'm I'm tuned in, just, man. Where, My mindset is here. I'm here. I'm in it. You where, know? where are you at? Where you know, at? like where right. are you at? What's yeah. your deal? So tell me the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's you know sort of the run-ins I had at the doctor's offices. So like now some of the more juicy stuff around the actual like surgery stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, there I am. I'm a couple weeks out. I'm I'm trying different foods out. I'm eating like you know like half a meatball. You know I'm trying these new things, and so I'm trying to get nutrition into my body. Um, but I hit a literal wall uh, in my colon. And so it's colon blow and I'm stuck. And so my butt is not releasing the poops. Yeah. And so here I am all and what, the way. And what day past surgery is this? So I'm probably like a month out. So okay. I'm probably like a month out. So you have just slowly ramped up your nutrition. Yep. And to date, you've been doing okay. Not bad, not great. Yeah. You know, like feeling like it's 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 a well, chore I mean, and yeah, it's a lot there, of work. There's a lot of stuff going on. You've reduced the amount of food that you're taking in. Yes. Increased the frequency. There's a lot less there. Yep. And, and you know, so like it's- And mush- types of foods, like you got to yeah. build up. You got to titrate up. So like right? you start with the, some of the same stuff I was eating pre-op. It's mostly you know, liquid. Mostly liquid. Mm-hmm. And then sort of introducing like little bits of tuna. With, mashed you know, foods A little bit of mashed foods. Like it's all got to be very soft foods. And so a lot of soft foods trying to not, you know, make it hard for my body to digest. I'm moving through some of this stuff. I'm trying. I find myself horribly constipated. So my wife runs the store. She grabs all the laxative she can get her hands on. So I'm chugging laxative, chugging Mm -hmm. it, sitting on the toilet for hours. So you felt like you had something to go, but it just... That it yeah. was there. Yeah. And it was not. Was it really there? The turtle head wasn't even poking out. Yeah. Like I could mm-hmm. not get it to the surface. Mm-hmm. So we do all the laxatives. Mm-hmm. Still, 
no no movement of yeah. any kind. And did they give you a bowel protocol? Did they tell you to use this so and this and this? They, so they, they had a, a pecking order yeah. of what to do in what order. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I reach out to the nurse's line like I'm supposed to. Yeah. I said, listen, this is happening. So here they are telling me like, okay, so I have to... I, you know, I tried this. So I try the laxatives, yeah. least restrictive option. I try the laxative. I do the laxative, no movement whatsoever. Yeah. Now we're into suppositories. Yeah, I was going to say, like, enemas and suppositories is probably what you would have to do anyway because your GI tract is completely different now. Completely different. And so, and and it's not moving. Yeah. So so the laxatives are having no impact on this thing. Yeah. It's and how much do you weigh there. at this point? So I'm probably, you know, in the Three, 350, 350, 340, yeah. you know. So, yeah, so I'm you're a big dude. So I'm a bigger, so I'm still a big guy. Mm-hmm. And nothing's moving. Mm-hmm. I'm in horrible pain. Yeah. And my wife's really worried about me. Mm-hmm. And nothing's working. Yeah. So now I got to get up on a bed mm-hmm. and she's got to do the sideways, the leg, sideways, yeah. Yeah, leg up, up in the air, yeah. at, in this uncomfortableness. And she's shoving things in my butthole. Yeah, I mean, so like it would, ho- I would hope it would be suppositories. But if you're doing other stuff, well, that like was that, for fun. That's, yeah, that's, that's for not fun. dramatic. It's different. It's different. Yeah. different. So she's like, but listen, she's a mom. She's well, got, she's a mom. She's, she's had, had babies, right? And right. so, and she's like, this is love. This is what love is like. Like people talk about romantic love. No, love is shoving a suppository <laughs> yes. up your partner's butthole. butthole. Yeah. That's real, true love. Uh, My wife is going to hate this episode more than the ex-girlfriend episode where I'm yeah. talking about all the ex-girlfriends I had. He had like over two ex-girlfriends. It's, it's so fine. bad. This whole thing is bad. It's terrible. But so there I am getting things shoved in my butthole. Which, it, you know, again, like for you, a non-medical you know, non person, of the week, this right. is a very... It's gross. Mild thing. It's gross, but it's really not that bad. So No, it's like, bad. If you're living it, it's bad. Now, talking about it sounds hilarious, right? Uh, like, it's like my, we're shoving stuff so, in my butt. But it, living it, the panic of, like, like, if this doesn't work, so, like, th- nothing no, that's had worked. Working. Nothing had worked. <laughs> that's working. Yeah. But the suppository goes up, <laughs> and it's still taking a little bit. Yeah, like, I'm not. Time. Yeah. Well, but but this is scary, Neil. You're saying it like, matter of fact, like, oh, I'm a medical person. Well, Fuck I you, just, Neil. That's fine. Terrible. I just think that. It's awful. I think that the idea of a suppository is a very socially uh, negative thing, and it's a, it's a weird thing. But it's, to be honest with you, it's not that big of a deal using a suppository. Now, yeah, I get the constipation panic because, like, your your head is probably thinking surgery. Right? I'm thinking I'm going to die. Like, I'm oh. thinking, well, I'm not die, but I'm mm-hmm. like, they're going to have to open me up. Like, right. that's where I was at, which was like, yeah. they're going to have to reopen me up and pull this poop out. Like, that's how bad it was. I'm like, or somebody's got to get in my and rip that thing out. Like, it's it. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And so, luckily, the suppository worked. Yeah. We had enemas and all kinds of things. Like we were ready to go. And so, yeah. so like now this has happened. So for the rest of my life, not, not really, but, but for the next couple of months, I'm like, I got the stocks, shelves stocked with yeah. this stuff. Cause I'm like, this could happen at any moment. So this mm-hmm. is hanging over my head that like this could happen again. And I don't want it to happen again. Mm-hmm. Luckily yeah, for me. You don't want it for your wife's. Anybody. Yeah, like I don't want anybody to be involved in this. And so. My wife is a wonderful person. Shout out my wife. Um, she she helped me. I you know we put towels down. We did the whole thing, and and yeah. I was okay. She's um, a mom. This she's is a mom. It's, for her, it was no big deal. For mm-hmm. me, it was like it's embarrassing. It was tough, and we were dealing with some of this stuff too because uh, you know uh, before we went to Europe, Aaron's grandfather was end of life, and we were doing a lot of the care ourselves.
themselves. Yep. And, you know, it's this, the sons and the daughters were doing some of the, you know, the grooming and such sure. and, and, you know, diaper changes and such. And I, yeah. I said, I'm like, listen, that's your blood. I'm the in-law, the outlaw, yeah. you know, like I'll scrub up and do this. I have no I'm, shame. I'm your guy, like, right? Like, I'm go, your guy. right? And, and, and like, I've seen, you know, my dad was in a wheelchair and so we always had to care for him. Yeah. You know, like my grandfather had a stroke and we cared for him. So like, yeah. I am all about caretaking and I'm, yeah. I'm only bringing this up because it's the real stuff that happens. For sure. So, so I didn't get into it on the regular podcast. I'm because, glad. Yeah. I'm you know, glad I, that, uh, I, I want people to know like what you're getting into. And yeah. so like from a just, you know, in stages of change, but like just, mm-hmm. you know, from a, like a real life perspective, like this is not a glamorous surgery. Right. It's not something where you're going to leave it going like, Oh, I feel amazing. And I lost 300 pounds in 10 minutes. Like mm-hmm. this, the, the, the process it's of work. this, it is work and that's, and well, it's, probably con- why. and it's constant and yeah. it's, and it's, I don't get a day off from any of this. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get to eat whatever I want ever again. Like mm-hmm. I, like that's not an option for me. And so any decision I make around my food has implications. So I had a bunch of Swedish fish today. I'm paying for it. I'm sweating now yeah. because I had a bunch of Swedish fish. They were great. And I'm mm-hmm. glad I did. And it was awesome. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't have no regrets, Yeah, but I have to think about this. I, there's no day that goes by that I don't have to take into account my nutrition. Yeah, but the thing is like, everybody should be doing that anyway. I mean, and, and but, the, just... but the results aren't the, the same, right? So like the implication, <laughs> yeah. you're not getting a suppository, you're not getting a suppository in your Right. right. So like, yeah. So like <laughs> you could it. eat a bunch of stuff and be fine. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And but so nutrition, you know, that, that actually brings up a mindset thing Sure. where people believe that, you know, they don't make important things important. That's something I say to my patients all mm-hmm. the time. We have to make those things important. So, you know, the idea that I don't have time to plan my meals or I don't have time to eat something yeah. that's, that's wrong. It's uh, not accurate. And, and we need to be making, that is the most important thing that you can do. If yep. you want to perform, if you want to get through the day, if you want to you know, be healthy, live a long life. You need to be thinking about that the most. I mean, it has to be the center of what you're doing. And so, and none of this was going to be successful if I didn't have the nutrition. And I learned the nutrition eight years ago in 2014 when I lost the weight. Right. So Mm -hmm. I talked about that in the story. So for me, I had to take all the things that I had learned and then put it all together. So, so doing meals, you know, eating fuel, your fire, that's the kind of eating I do. So read that article because if you want to know the best way to eat, mm-hmm. that I have co-signed that. That is absolutely my my approach. Getting that food in the morning, I eat at 5 a.m. when I'm up. So I'm up at 5, I'm doing my yoga, and I'm getting my food in my system. I start the day off with food immediately because I got to get the fire going. Yeah. If I wait, people's mistake that they make is that they wait to eat till like whenever yeah. and people act like they're, you know, uh, intervals or they're, you know, they're fasting. And it's like, you're not intermittent fasting. You're not getting your body, the nutrition that it needs at the time that it needs it. So I wake up and the first, one of the first things I do in the morning is I have my nutrition. Mm-hmm. I have my protein. I have my healthy fats and I have my healthy carbs. First thing in the morning, every day, all day. And I know exactly what I'm going to have tomorrow for breakfast. I know what I'm going to have the day after that. And it doesn't have to be worrying or repetitive. You can vary it. Yeah. It works for me to keep everything consistent. I am a maniac. Mm -hmm. And so I like the same stuff. And I can tolerate the same stuff every single day. It's not for everyone. People like variety. And so I do my dinners. I always mix up whatever's going on. I mix a vegetable in. I I can't wait till we can kind of like talk. Yeah, we'll we'll get you. We'll get you the whole menu of what I do. And I'll I'll, I'll post all that. I don't care what you do. It's 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 important, though, because that is people. One of the things people ask me all the time. What do you eat? How do you eat? What do you Mm -hmm. eat? 
it doesn't matter really what I eat. It matters what you eat. It matters right. what your body needs. And so I can tell you what I eat, but that's not going to be what you need necessarily. Right. But the structure is going to be the same. So this idea of I eat early and I eat often is very important. And so I eat a lot of small meals throughout the day. And all those meals, you can call them snacks and call them meals, are healthy carbs, healthy fats, and protein every time in combination because they work best together along with my vitamins, supplements, mm -hmm. the things that I'm taking. And that's, that's, that's my day. Let's get and back so, to the juicy stuff. Yeah. So back to the juice. So we have uh, constipation. I got ex-girlfriends. What, what else, what else did we say <laughs> we're going to talk about? I don't know. So um, was there any other stuff that happened that like in the post-op uh, phase that you felt like people need to hear because it kind of uh, pulls back a curtain a little bit of the whole process. You know, I think the the scariness of the second surgery, I talked about that in the other piece, but like, you know, having that pain in my stomach and then having to go for another emergency surgery was really scary because mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening and I couldn't figure it out and I didn't have a plan. And so it felt very like, this is, this is bad. Like maybe something's wrong with my surgery. And so, um, it's a it's a fairly common thing to get yeah. a hernia when you have when you have this type of a surgery because of the way they had to work around the fat to do the thing and he couldn't see the the things he was working on so yeah. he was able to go in and do an oil change on me I talked about that which was and, fantastic that and, was really great so you know but but that helped me a lot uh, after to feel good about the, he saw everything and he felt good about what was going on in there but the, all of this comes with risk and mm -hmm. so all of this has that level of like if it goes south. Like you, you could die. Like you, there's real serious implications here. And so I don't mean to minimize the decision around this. And mm -hmm. I want to really be clear, like things can go horribly wrong. They make you sign a lot of paperwork around that, that, yeah. that there could be long-term impacts. Your body can change in ways that you're not prepared for. Like the lactose intolerance thing I talked about, which would be horrible for me because yeah. I eat a lot of Greek yogurt and I like, you know, milk in my car. Like there's so that could have happened, right? So mm -hmm. you could come out of this a different, uh, entirely different body than the one that came in, yeah. in, in, in ways that you're not ready for, in ways yeah, that you're not prepared you for. Yeah. And, and the eating, the, the, the way that I eat, the way I think about food as fuel is central to all of this. So if you're not thinking that way, yeah. this is a very dangerous game that you could be playing. And so, so, so it sounds like to me that I guess the, the real re revelation here is, is how, again, uh, another instance of the health and wellness industry kind of failing us, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to these kinds of things. And, and while people aren't really always, you know, people fail at stuff and I guess that's okay too. But, you know, I, and I think that, I would rather I would rather you try, you know, I'd rather you be pumped up for it. And I think that there's there's more I think more information in this episode for practitioners than there is for people trying to make these decisions. Well, I and, and, and I, ho I hope that the folks listening who are practitioners are, are sort of hearing the vulnerability that it takes to be somebody who who has needs and to come to somebody in a professional capacity and ask them for help and to be met with sort of some of the the things I was met with. And, 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 and if I was in it sort of weaker mindset at the time, it might've stopped me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's important to say, like, yeah. like if I was in a different space and that's not any, that's not their, it wouldn't have been their fault. Like it would have been me making the decision. Right. So mm -hmm. like I would have used it as like, well, here we go. But I it's the up. same as that dude that was like, you were funny fatter. Exactly. It keeps this, you have this lingering sort of notion that it's like, you're not going to do I, it. I, I'm not going to be successful. Yeah. And, and, and in the back of my mind, I, I, there's always that space. It's like, 
this could be the thing that doesn't work too. And, and then you're out of stuff, right? So this, this was like the last stop on the throughway for me. And mm-hmm. so if this didn't work, like I didn't have another plan and mm-hmm. I didn't have another idea what I was going to do. So, you know, I, a lot, a, a lot of this, a lot of vulnerability here, folks. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I just want to say like, uh, it, it's hard to talk about this stuff, you know, because it's, 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 um, it's, it feels like, you know, I'm kind of letting you guys into like my own process of kind of what, what it was like for me and sort of the, how, how tough it was, but, you know, being removed from it, I, I have a little bit of space between from where I was to where I am now. And so having success feels different. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I hadn't had the success, like, would we be having this conversation right now? Would I be talking the way that I'm talking? No, like I would, I would be kind of defeated again and in a space where I'm like, uh, I'm just giving up, you know? And so I don't want that for folks. I don't want folks to feel like they got to give up. I want folks to know that even if you're feeling down or you're feeling out or you're feeling like you're not in a place where you can do this, Neil and I believe in you. And, 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 and that's not, that's not some like new age sort of positive spin stuff, you know, and you're paying money to be here. So that's even more reason why we want you to be successful because we don't want <laughs> you to die because we need your money, but, we need your money, right? but, but I, truly that's, that's why we're doing this. Like when Neil approached me about this, it was like, we have to be the place where people can land safely and have these real conversations where you yeah. can hear us talking about this in ways you haven't heard people talk about it's it really funny. at a level of depth. So I'm going to wrap with this thought yeah. because we had a conversation off the, off the record, off the, off the record. about being a poser. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we, uh, I have been interviewing new podcast editing services and they send me their portfolio and it's a bunch of people making podcasts. And again, I don't want to take anything away from anybody because if you're making a podcast and you you have listeners, that's great. It's or awesome. even if you have no listeners, you're putting yourself out into the world and saying something making and it's content. really great. Yeah. Um, but I was watching some of them and I'm like, who the heck are these people and what are they even saying? Right? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Is that what I look like? Am I, am Am I a poser? Right. Am I out here just kind of like doing my thing? And and how come I don't sound like those polished podcasts or those those wellness influencer guys that are doing the thing with the production team and all of that? And really, what I've always said is like, I just I just need to be me. And I, I you know I think I have a very unique voice here. But really, when Mark was talking about his you know story, um, I, it really solidified. I don't really care anymore, right? Um, so while I definitely think we're going to be bleeping the crap out of Mark You're for this to, conversation, for sure. and uh, we're going to be cutting some stuff, definitely. I, I definitely think that um, you know it's really just about kind of telling our own story. And I, I and I think that stuttering, sweating profusely, horrible camera angles. I don't really care yep. I, because I think that there, there's a gap here mm-hmm. that needs to be filled. Yep. And if 10 years from now we're, you know, insanely successful and we have all that production company and we have a studio that is, has actual air conditioning and isn't it's the, the God, third pit of 7, hell, thousand degrees, um, then, then great. But really all that matters is that we can kind of tell the story and then be somebody that can try to support you guys. And so what I'll say is like, this has been fantastic. This whole kind of behind the scenes with Mark. Um, again, thank you for spending that couple bucks a month to, to join us here. I want to give you VIP access to us. So if you need to say something to us, you have a question, or if you want to call out something that I have said to you and it wasn't done correctly, do that. So I, you know, email us yo at uh, wellnessupsidedown.com. That's our podcast uh, email. You can also email podcast at wellnessupsidedown.com and say that you're a 
off the record subscriber. You will get priority access. We will take care of you instantly. And you know that you have that kind of like direct line to either one of us if you need our attention. So, and just to say, like, you know, this is, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think when, when you, when we talked about sort of the, the, the podcast and kind of where we're going to, where we're going to find ourselves is this feels important. Like it feels like the kind of stuff that, that, that many people can relate to and that we can sort of make a difference for folks who, who need this support and need this help in ways, very specific ways, your supplement side, your pharmacy side, my fitness side, nutrition side, like we're covering sort of the whole person here. Right. And so this holistic approach that Neil talks about, he, he's not just talking about, it, he lives it. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're presenting to you is like, this is, we're giving you the groundwork. We're kind of showing you who we are so that you can understand when we're giving you this support and help, we're coming from a place of like, we're not looking to be zillionaires off this thing. Uh-huh. I want people to be successful and I want people to feel the level of success that we've felt and, 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 and to know that it's accessible and it's possible. I use the word accessible because that's you our word it. here. I had to, and, and this is available to you. It is. And so you can do this. And, and if no one's told you that and you haven't seen it yourself, we're telling you. And you can, and you will. That does it for this week's episode of Off the Record. And until next week, keep plugging along on your wellness journey. Doing the right thing isn't always easy. Sometimes it stinks. And like a suppository. I, <laughs> like, a, like a suppository. But I know that you can do it. Mark knows that you can do it. And, and we're here to help. <laughs> but that's just us saying that off the record.